as we've been discussing, so much focus on school security and how we can protect America's children. And joining us now to discuss this is New York GOP gubernatorial candidate, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, great to have you here. Rita, great to be on with you as always. And to all of our listeners, uh, um, I hope everybody has a very meaningful Memorial Day and we understand exactly the importance of this weekend as a country. Absolutely. And we're going to get to that, too, because you have such a a devotion, I think, to the military and to their families, as you know I do, too. Um, Andrew, what are your thoughts, first off, on this Texas school shooting? I mean, the whole world has been shaken by it. You know, Rita, it's tragic. I actually am just looking at my little six-month-old daughter, Grace, right now, and I can't imagine what these parents are going through, how heart-wrenching it is for them. And, you know, as I saw this being reported on the news, she was the first person that I thought about. And actually, to be honest, whenever I talk about policies, my, my little daughter is the first person that I think about. So it's uh, it's just tragic. I mean, I look at this and obviously in seeing what we've seen, I'm such a big supporter of law enforcement. Um, but in this instance, it appears as if there was some hesitation with some of our law enforcement in going in there. And, you know, I, I know that's sad because I know the overwhelming majority of our law enforcement community would have gone in there and rushed in. And certainly the members of the NYPD that I know and, and so many of those great law enforcement organizations around the state of New York, um, these are men and women that put their life on the line and would go in immediately uh, to make sure that they would prevent something like this. And I think, Rita, what probably from a solution standpoint, one of the things uh, that I would hope to enact on day one is having an officer uh, in each school. So that way, uh, if there is a situation like this, you have somebody that is already on the premises in the building that's ready to tackle the situation. I think also you'll have less armed shooters if you actually have uh, someone that is in the building prepared uh, to do this. And I think also looking at a potential similarity to like an air marshal situation where uh, you might have a teacher that is former law enforcement. Actually, there was somebody who was on on my protective detail, who once he retired from the NYPD, uh, he went up and and worked for Cardinal Hayes and and worked as a teacher. He would have been a perfect candidate for somebody who could carry in school and, uh, you know, nobody might know about them, uh, but he'd be prepared with with a weapon if, if necessary. You know, those are great points because I like the air marshal idea because you don't know who it is. Then kids also, yeah. God forbid, you don't want them to get access to the guns either. Yeah. Um, so it would really have to be something that is covert. You know, it's frustrating as you talk about it, Andrew, the outside. There were initially reports that this you know school resource officer was out there and was involved in a shootout uh, with the suspect. And then he goes in. Turns out there wasn't a school resource officer outside. Um, Just as you said, it would have made a difference, I believe. Absolutely. I think absolutely it would have. Uh, And you look at somebody who might, you know, really know the building so well and understand it. Uh, And I think that's what's so important in all this. You know, you want people to really understand uh, the situation and that maybe have done this. And that's why I think uh, having former law enforcement, maybe with if we were to do something similar to an air marshal program, they could work directly with their local law enforcement so that way they could be trained specifically in situations like this. And they could be trained specifically with law enforcement so that way if, if God forbid, there was something like this going on, there would be a very easy way, multiple access points for law enforcement to get in the building, 
immediately because a lot of times what we've seen in situations like this is uh, the madman, the shooter, uh, will end up barricading doors and making it that much more difficult for law enforcement to access the building. And sadly, in this case, uh, the guy just walked through the back door. I mean, it's astounding. And again, you know, reports we're still waiting to see. You never know. Things could change. But, you know, in this case, we've got the shooter who's, you know, shoots his grandmother. She calls 911. Then there's a shootout in basically the parking lot of the school by this funeral home, it looks like. Um, Then there's another call. You know, he has the crash, obviously, right before that. And then he's able to walk in the door. I mean, it's astounding to me that there wasn't a 100 percent lockdown of every door in that school. Absolutely. 100 percent, Rita. And, you know, looking at this, obviously, and I think one of the things that we've consistently seen, uh, whether it be the Buffalo shooter or this shooter down in Texas, uh, is, you know, how how important a role mental health plays in all this. Uh, I I think, you know, we've seen a deterioration of our mental health in so many of our youth. uh, And I don't know if that's attributed to technology. I don't know if it's attributed to isolation, what we've all experienced over the better part of the last uh, two and a half years now. Um, But I think we have to acknowledge that mental health is becoming a real issue. uh, And if we continue to try to isolate people, unfortunately, we're going to see more and more radical people like this uh, come up and and, uh, and do this. And and so to me, uh, that's why one of the greatest solutions to all this is making sure that we have people that can healthily interact and also, in the case of the Buffalo shooter, for example, I question uh, the governor is, but, you know, uh, because we had this guy, the New York State Police had this guy for 24 hours after he threatened to shoot up his school. Uh, why was this guy not able to be held for longer than 24 hours? And was it a resources issue? We've heard from Albany. We've heard from the city council in New York time and time again that they want to rethink and and defund policing. Well, I think this is a perfect example for why we need more resources in policing and not less. What about, um, is there any sort of middle ground on gun control? What are your thoughts about that? Because, you know, even, uh, you know, Senator Manchin, Democrat said, I would be for, quote, common sense gun control. He's basically a Second Amendment advocate. Yeah, I think think in urban areas there is. But again, I I always kind of look at it and and say, what are we actually, who are we ceding our freedoms to? And and that to me is always important. I'd much rather read a focus on the 250 million guns, illegal guns that are in the United States of America and taking those off the street and and looking at this kind of from a theoretical 30,000 foot view at this, if we focus on, uh, you know, impeding legal gun owners' rights before we actually go after those illegal weapons, uh, we're certainly doing that in reverse order, and we're making uh, those legal gun owners uh, that much more prone, or I'd say that much more vulnerable, who are mostly doing it in the right way. Uh, I think we need to make sure that we pour more resources into law enforcement. That way we can tackle more and more of those 250 million illegal guns. Well, and to your point, Andrew Giuliani, that you know, uh, the guys who are the bad guys aren't going through the books. I mean, New York State, as you know, has one of the toughest gun laws basically in the country, and yet we have a lot of guns. So they always find a way to get around the system. What do you think of the fact that also the Democrats seem to be sort of a one-trick pony? And within hours of the shooting in Texas, we heard President Biden came out and everything was gun control. I'm going to go after the gun manufacturer. A lot of people found it almost unseemly because it was like he spent about a a minute on the victims and then he went into sort of like 
DNC talking points. Didn't talk about yeah. any of these other layers, uh, which I want to get to with you, like mental health and other things. It's like his one trick pony kind of attitude. It's like, here are the points. Yeah, and that's why I appreciate the way that, that you look at this, Rena, because you really touched on kind of all of the different aspects of this, right? I mean, it might be uncomfortable to talk about uh, the gun situation, but it's something we have to talk about. But certainly mental health is such a big part of this. Funding our police is a big part of this. Uh, but it seems like on the left, and specifically when you talk about Biden or Hochul in our situation, or even sometimes Adams, um, you know, they seem to focus just on the DNC talking point, which is take away guns, take away guns, take away guns, um, instead of actually focusing on uh, the people that uh, are actually pulling the trigger there and the mental health issues uh, that people have that get them to that point where they're actually doing something as heinous as this. Uh, it's disappointing. I mean, you, you see that he didn't go to Waukesha. He still has not been to the southern border. And uh, and he didn't come to New York City for any of, of the subway crimes or anything like that. But he's decided instead uh, to go to these, uh, which he believes will be, quote, political wins for him. Uh, very disappointing. And, and unfortunately, I think it's what we've seen with this presidency, which is uh, we're going to put politics first and we'll put the welfare of Americans last. Uh, I think we're seeing that out of more and more Democrats recently. Uh, I, I hope that's not the case. You mentioned one Democrat that, while I certainly don't agree with him on everything, I, I think he's a guy that does not put politics first in Joe Manchin. And, uh, and I wish that there were more Democrats that were like that. Although it seems like he just gets abused left and right. Remember, they were following him on his boat. Um, they were yep. following Kirsten Cinema, you know, the other uh, conservative Democrat into the ladies room if they don't vote their way. And I'm referring to sort of the uh, squad yep. and the progressive crowd. What about the fact that President Joe Biden, literally it was a few days after this terrible shooting in Texas, continues with a criminal justice reform a panel that he was planning, you know, a long time ago in light of the death of George Floyd, which was terrible. Mm -hmm. um, but yet the whole panel was all about basically police abuse, um, you know, overreach by police. So many people were like, are you kidding me at a day, you know, where there are people who are saying we need more police, not less. Yeah, completely out of touch. And, and you're absolutely right. This is somebody who believes in, uh, unfortunately, pushing his political agenda and not actually looking at uh, the solutions that it will take to make sure uh, that tragic things like this don't happen again. Uh, look, as I've said very clearly, my first and number one priority uh, is a full repeal of bail reform starting on day one. And, and Reed, I'll tell you, uh, I look forward to that first meeting that I have with Andrea Stork-Cousins and Carl Hasty on my first day in office and saying very clearly to them, uh, repealing bail reform is my first priority. Uh, if you don't give me a full repeal of bail reform, your upcoming budget negotiation, I'm not funding your top priorities because it's that simple to protecting New Yorkers' lives. Um, th that's what we need. That's the kind of mindset that we need, not just in New York, but across the country. We need to make sure that we get around these fantastic lies that so many Democrats have told us and so many in the leftist media have told us over the last couple of years that our police are part of the problem. They really are the nucleus of the solution in getting our streets safer. And until we see that, until we acknowledge that, and until we act in that manner, unfortunately, we're going to see crime continue to spiral the wrong direction, not just in New York City, not just in New York State, 
but all around the country. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, Before I let you go, I definitely have to talk with you because you've got, of course, the big party gubernatorial primary, June 28th. um, And then you've got a whole bunch of debates before then, too, as well. So a lot of people, of course, know you, know your dad. Um, but it'll be an opportunity for people to get to know you better. Um, and one of the new polls that just came out, you got some great news. Uh, the John Zogby Strategies poll uh, really pushed you up. It was like 10 percent. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's great. Look, we, we've seen in so many independent polls uh, that, that the campaign is doing so well. Now, just barely over a month until uh, primary day, until we call it victory day one, victory day two will come on November 8th. Um, but we have, I think, three or four different debates coming up, including uh, on June 13th, I think, is our first one. I'm sure there'll be a few others that will be added on there. But I'm really, really looking forward to making this as transparent as possible for New Yorkers. And New Yorkers getting to see really kind of uh, the contrast in styles that I think myself and some of my competitors will bring. Look, I, I think what New Yorkers will see during those debates is you're going to have a guy in Andrew Giuliani who's not going up to Albany to tweak things. You're going, you have a guy in Andrew Giuliani who's going up there to break things. And I'm not going to be owned by party bo- bosses or lobbyists. We're going to come up there and make sure uh, that we really change Albany for the better. It can be done. We saw it in New York City almost 30 years ago, and we can do it in Albany, but it's going to take somebody with some backbone and somebody who's not afraid to go in there uh, and break things for the right reason. Yeah, absolutely. One thousand percent. How much are you learning from your dad? Because crime is oh, the issue. You know, so much. And really, it is uh, it's amazing. And every once in a while uh, on the left, I'll get a question. Do you think your dad hurt or helps your campaign? And I say very simply, I said, look, if I thought my dad hurt my campaign, then I wouldn't be smart enough to be governor of the state of New York. You're talking about the greatest mayor in the history of the city of New York and one of the greatest prosecutors in the history of the United States of America. And I'm blessed enough that I call him up and I get advice from him four or five times a day. And it truly is amazing. He has been unbelievably helpful. Obviously, you know, his crime strategies uh, really revolutionized the way uh, that police, police, not just in New York City, not just in America, but around the world, And the truth is, there's nobody that saved more lives since Henry Hudson came down that river a little west of us right now in the the history of New York than Rudy Giuliani. I'm I'm very, very proud of him, uh, not just as a candidate to have his support, but as a son. Well, we are so proud of you and so excited for you with the primary now, not that far away, just about a month away. (laughs) Um, Real quick, how can people find out uh, more about you? Tell, Tell everybody. Uh, Well, thanks, Rita. Go to SaveNY.org. That's SaveNY.org and volunteer. Donate. Great. But definitely we want to hear from you. We want to hear what we're doing well. We want to hear what we're not doing well. And most importantly, get out there and vote on June 28th. Absolutely. Andrew, thank you so much. We love you. And we're uh, just so excited for you. And so great to have you here on the show on so many important issues. Rita, thank you for having me and have a blessed Memorial Day to you and all your listeners. Uh, And let's think about our veterans and all those who made the ultimate sacrifice this weekend to make our country as great as it is. One thousand percent. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, We have to remember our fallen heroes this Memorial Day every day who have sacrificed so much for all of us. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 